I'm Katie Edelman, and I am here with Katie Sievers, and we're back with another conversation in our How Great Is Our God series, which is all about the amazing characteristics of God. During these conversations, we'll be talking about 10 attributes of God that are part of making Him the amazing holy God that He is. We'll lean into these words that can feel so intimidating, like immutable and omniscient, and break them down. The hope is that as we spend time talking about who God is, we'll all grow in our understanding, appreciation, and wonder of Him. The idea for this series came from a book by Jen Wilkin called None Like Him. We found this book to be a really good resource to help us understand who God is a little bit better, and we highly recommend giving it a read or a listen. We are so excited to be welcoming Pastor Errol McFadden to the podcast. He is lead pastor here at Mission. His heart for following God and encouraging others to do the same is infectious as such an encouragement. We can't wait to share this conversation with you all. Okay, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? All right. Uh, My name is Errol McFadden. I'm the lead pastor at Mission Bible Church. Um, I was born and raised in Southern California and came to the Midwest to go to school, went to Moody Bible Institute where I met my wife and um, and we started serving at NBC Minooka Bible Church at the time uh, coming up in February 24 years ago. And so that was a long time ago. And so we we were just basically were driving down from Chicago every week, once or twice a week to do the student ministry. And I've been... Um, leading at the church since. So I've been youth pastor and children's and family pastor and lead pastor for the past 10 years. And so those are some of the key things about me. But I have a family of four boys, um, ranging from a junior in college all the way down to a fifth grader, Micah, uh, Carson, Rylan, and Cohen. And um, again, I've been married to my wife. I've been at this church longer than I've been married to Julie. Um, And so we were still engaged when we came here, but we've been married for 23 years. And um, yeah, I, I love uh, making art, and I love I love climbing mountains, and I love the outdoors and goofy things like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited and glad that you're here to mm-hmm. help us uh, just understand God maybe a little bit better than we did before. So um, thanks for coming on and talking to us about, about how God is infinite and mm-hmm. then, like, why theology is mm. important. Like, why are discussions like this worth having? Why mm. is theology, like, an important thing to think through? Yeah, I think that um, right from the get-go, any anyone listening to this and any individual needs to question their source. Like, why do I believe this? Um, because as a Christian, I'm making a truth statement that all the other truth statements aren't, in fact, true. Um, and and that's that takes a little bit of... Um, that's almost like an arrogant level of confidence um, in spite of the fact that everyone is making that same claim. Even someone who says, I don't know what I can believe about anything is making a statement that they know enough that they can't know anything. And so any any statement of truth is an exclusive, uh, confident statement. And so in my lifetime, having had a chance to see the different faith traditions, looking at the different source material that other people formulate their beliefs off of, I see nothing that compares to Scripture. It makes claims about itself. It makes um, profound truth statements that not only answer the questions that other faiths are asking, but do so coherently and in an amazing way. And so um, as, a, as a Christian, I, we have to source all of our things from Scripture itself. And Scripture makes that claim that it is, in fact, this impeccable 
uh, immutable uh, document that we can understand God's heart, which brings us to theology, because that's the neat thing. And this is the cool thing that um, um, all of the questions that you're asking in this series um, are, they're coming back to the characteristics of God. Um, uh, the questions like, um, why should I, tr well, the questions that any, any individual has, why should I trust God? Why should I live a hopeful life? Um, why should I have peace in this world? And most importantly, why should I center my life on Jesus and bet my future on Jesus? All those questions are answered in the attributes of God. The attributes of God are the answer to those imperative questions. And that's, that's, that's what theology is. It's just that study of God to, to find that answer. And I wanted to just give props to both you ladies, because this is the, there's been such a weird and foolish perspective, I think, in a lot of Christian history that women just aren't into theology, that it's something that they don't care about or have the capacity to really dig into. And you guys are proving that super false. Um, and I just love that. I want to give you just, and anyone listening, um, the women's ministry at this church is so benefited by that, that outlook and that perspective that you guys are leading on. Um, and so when we get to today's subject matter, um, which has been fun, I've been listening to some of the other guys, and it seems that, and I think Marco just told me this, it seems that everyone thinks that their attribute of God is really the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've noticed that It's too. the umbrella that they all, and yeah. I was going to come in and say the same thing <laughs> until I heard what Brent said. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, but it's true that they all yeah. kind of bleed into each other because yeah. all of them are basically saying, God is massive, huge. We're not. God mm -hmm. has everything. We don't. And so it's a, a glorification of who God is and a humbling reality of who we are. Mm -hmm. And the attribute of God's infinite aspect is no different. And so within the Bible, um, the where we really start with that is just this idea that God is the beginning and the end. He's, he's the alpha and the omega. And we see that show up in the book of Revelation four times and and that phrase show up twice in um, Revelation, not Alpha and Omega, but the beginning and the end. And so in Revelation 22, 13, um, John writes, uh, quoting Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And one of the things that's so important about that is to understand the context that the book was written. This is a vision that John receives to give to the church. And they're freaking out because they're mm -hmm. experiencing massive persecution and they're on the eve of even worse persecution. And so one of the things that God wants John to pass on to them is, I want you to tell them, not all these crazy, alone all these crazy details about future facts or anything, but right now you can know this attribute of me, that I am the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. So I've, I'm beyond your beginning and I'm beyond your end. I've got, I'm boundless. And that maybe is a good definition of what infinite is, just the boundlessness of God. Um and so that, that's something that's super important because what, what he's trying to tell them is in spite of how precarious this situation seems, you can trust me because I'm way before this moment and I'm going to be way after this mm -hmm. moment. Um, when I was a youth pastor, we took the students up to Six Flags, uh, Ma uh, not Magic Mountain, that's in California, Six Flags, <laughs> Great, Great America. America. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys been? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you like roller coasters? Used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to so much. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know what it was about having babies yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I went. Is I, it the equilibrium thing? I, I get too a little bit It must and, yeah. be because I, I was like, my second was, you know, old enough for me to leave him for a whole day. I'm like, we're going to do this. Go with my husband's yeah. younger sister. Go on all the rides. And after one, I'm like, oh, 
I'll hold the bags. <laughs> I became that person. It's like my head just hurts so much. I have great anxiety in the waiting, but once I'm on the ride, I'm yeah. good. Like, yeah. okay, it's just the anxiety of hearing the <laughs> screams of the other people, probably. But yeah. Well, full disclosure, I feel the same way, and I've had zero babies. Oh, as far okay. as, like, the whole like uh, I feel like nauseous after, but but. Usually that's just on spinning rides. Roller coasters are awesome. Mm-hmm. My favorite roller coaster of all time is Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But I remember the summer it came out. And I remember taking the junior hires there. And there was this junior hire who had never been on a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be awesome. You're going to love it. It's going to be so great. And I'm building it up. She's like, I don't know. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm like, no, you could do this. You could do this. And so we get through the whole line. And then we sit in. And I realize I've gotten her all the way to the, <laughs> the locked in position of the, the, the restraints are on you. And you're ready to go. And I'm like, she made it. Yeah. And she's like, I think I'm going to like this. And I'm like, yeah. And all of a sudden, oh. <laughs> you start going up that Waiting, the anticipation. All of a sudden, I started thinking, wait a minute. This is the first summer. This is the first month that this oh, thing has no. been open. <laughs> and this has not been around a long time. Like, how do I know? How can I trust that, that, that the right people yeah. checked whether or not it was up to code? Uh, yeah. And I, I started to panic. And I'm closing my eyes. And she's like, this is going to be great. And I'm like, I'm going to die. And I'm <laughs> freaking out. It was like something that, and I'll never forget that. But the thing that terrified me was, this isn't tried and true. Mm. This is new. Mm-hmm. And what God is communicating in the book of Revelation and the book of Isaiah is, I'm not. I'm not new. Mm-hmm. I am tried and true. In fact, I've got a boundless beginning. I've never had a start, mm-hmm. and I have a boundless end. I'm never going to have an ending. And so when you know that you're connected to someone, that even though you know your beginning mm-hmm. and know that you're going to have an end, the fact that they don't have that gives you incredible confidence in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's something that's just massive. Um, one, one, The first aspect of what we see in God's infinite characteristics. I love that, Like especially when you talk about the context there. And if you think about, like, when it was written, it probably did feel new. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the mm-hmm. ancient tradition. It was the shaking up of the ancient traditions, you know, that a lot of people were. Or it was just brand new to, like, the Gentiles and that sure. sort of thing, this idea of following Jesus. And and for some of us who maybe are listening and mm-hmm. were, like, recently stepping into a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus, it can feel maybe mm-hmm. like this isn't my traditional past or, yeah. or things like that. But but he'll like just like he communicated to people in the Old Testament and right. then there in Revelation, like he is tried and true. Mm-hmm. I think that's also why they um it's so you see all throughout the scripture <laughs> that they kept on telling the story of mm-hmm. what God had done to remind them of his infinite qualities that mm-hmm. he is let me just tell you what he did a hundred mm-hmm. years ago. Let me just tell yeah. you what he did a thousand years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you what he did back in creation. And so it keeps on coming back to this transcendent God who's not bound by the lifespan of a human being, um, not even bound by the lifespan of like an Icelandic shark, because I hear that they could be super old. He's like <laughs> like 108 years or something. It's crazy. Really? But like maybe even more. But it, but he's he's someone who's not, he doesn't have a lifespan. And so these stories keep on all throughout the Bible. They're telling that. And I think even one of the reasons we go to church is to continue telling those, those accounts mm-hmm. of God's timeless, infinite quality that he's boundless. He has no beginning and no end. And we've got history where we, not just our own personal history. I was raised, I was introduced to, to Christ by my parents or my mm-hmm. grandparents or my neighbor or a person I went to college with. But this timeless reality of who God is all throughout the time, uh, throughout throughout human history, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. And so the cool thing is, is that that alone is is amazing. God's timeless, uh, that, that he's the beginning and the end. And that's, that's amazing. But Oftentimes we take for granted the things that are most constant, like oxygen. 
And, you know, we, we, don't, mm. we don't think about oxygen throughout the day. Right. We don't think about our heartbeat throughout the day unless there's something that disturbs that. Um, and then all of a sudden we're thinking about it quite a bit. And so God's, the fact that he's always been can make us take him for granted. But that's where in scripture, God's infinite quality turns and becomes really personal. Um, because you see scriptures communicating to the reader, not only is God infinite in his time span, he brings that infinite value to our finite issues and our finite problems. Um, and we see that um, in uh, even our finite sin. We see that in Psalm 103, where David's writing, and he says this, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And so he's making a statement right there of just this, that infinite distance between the east that's just perpetually distant. God not only is infinite in his boundlessness and time, he takes our sin and infinitely separates them from us. So there's no touching. There's no reconnecting. There's no, this is never going to be held against you. And the cool thing is, is that David then transitions in the next verse to continue talking to the reader and saying, now, if we appropriately respond to this God who separates our sin from us infinitely, um, it causes us to not only have a humble self-awareness of who mm -hmm. we are, but then have a proper response to God. David says this, start, this is in verse 13. He says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are. He removes, or he remembers, we only, one more time, let me repeat 14. <laughs> For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we only, we're only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone, as though we had never been here. And so again, he's talking about the finitude of humanity. We, we're really like, we are momentary. But, verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. And so even though we're finite, there's something that when we're connected to God becomes infinite. We have God's love perpetually. And that's something that the rest of the Bible makes a case for us understanding mm -hmm. that God's love is going to be perpetually connected to us through what Jesus did for us. Yeah. And the hope of that. I know. Yeah. I was just going to say like, the con like to have like that constant God that throughout history, that's comforting to me and knowing how our life is just a vapor mm -hmm. and just using the time that is given to us for yeah. his infinite glory. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. It is weird too, like, because we're <clears throat> finite, but our finite decisions can actually have an eternal impact. Mm -hmm. That's That blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's just phenomenal. Um, but the cool thing is, is that lots of people like the idea of God being, having infinite love or if, infinite forgiveness, but key question that any thinking person should be asking is how in the world does an infinite God relate to a finite human human being or human being's issues? And that's where we get the account of Christ. Mm -hmm. Because he's, although he's transcendent, he's other than us, he's infinitely boundless, he becomes bound. He goes from being completely uh, liberated and free and completely in control to actually having the, the ability to be captured and uh, tortured and and killed and, and murdered, crucified. And so one of the things that, that we see in Jesus is just this amazing characteristic of God becoming man who enters into this finite reality. And the lifespan of Jesus goes from being born and dying. He's, he's from in, he, Jesus was there from eternity past. And then all of a sudden he becomes man, is born as a baby and dies on a cross. But that because he's infinite, he does not stay dead. 
He comes back to life and then gives that promise to anyone who's found in him that we too, even though we're finite, even though one day I'm going to breathe my last breath, my next breath is going to be stepping into that infinite eternity that I have as a result of connection to Jesus. Hmm. So it's just huge. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. That's, that's, yeah. that's the word that keeps coming up in all of these um, all of these conversations mm-hmm. is like that is what moves us to praise God, to mm-hmm. like really worship is like that's so unbelievably, um, I don't know, gracious and, and loving that mm-hmm. God would choose to do that, lay aside, mm-hmm. that Jesus would lay aside what he did so that he could save us um, is just amazing. Yeah. And like you said, huge. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, that again, that's the amazing thing with faith, though, because mm-hmm. that's only phenomenal if it's true. That's only, like, life-changing if it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we can, we're can we just living super delusional lives and mm-hmm. living in lies. And, and that, mm-hmm. that's something that—that's um, kind of discouraging and depressing when you think about it. But if this is true, then it changes everything. I mean, if, if God is, in fact, infinite, he doesn't have a beginning, he does not have an end— um, and through Christ, we're able to experience that infinite, that, in, that infinite reality in him. That changes everything, not just for our future reality, but our current reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was studying through this, I just was just looking at a couple of, of again, because the only thing we could think of when we're thinking of the infinite quality of God is it's just profound. But that has some profound impacts on our reality. And the first one um, is just that we have profound resiliency. And this is the neat thing is that you see people in scripture, like whenever people are like, man, I just don't know if I could believe in a good God who would allow suffering to happen mm. to good people. I'm like, man, have you read the Bible? There's yeah. some amazing people that terrible things happen to, namely Jesus, the perfect person who did nothing wrong, had the worst happen to him. Mm-hmm. And yet that wasn't the end of the story. And so the in, in infinite reality of God's characteristic, his boundlessness allows us to be more resilient. Um, when I was in sixth grade, Mr. Hall's class at Dunsmore Elementary School. We were (laughs) first grade through sixth grade, and Mr. Hall was the coolest teacher. I love this guy. Um, And we went on this field trip. I don't even remember where, but I know that we had lunch in this park. And it was like one of those places where there's lots of schools doing their school field trips, and there's this other school. And all of these kids that came off, like we, we knew right away that they were from a couple of different gangs. And they were, you know, they had the right clothing, they had the right gang signs. And I'm like the lone white boy stepping off of my bus um, and from, again, Dunsmore Elementary School. Now, we're all like elementary school age. So these are elementary school gangbangers, but they're still dangerous because they've got cousins. And (laughs) and so we we get into this scene and all of a sudden, like, um, we go on up and I see these guys and all of a sudden I start talking smack. Wow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Brave. Well, you would think, but I'm not. I'm not brave. I had confidence that was borrowed to me. It wasn't my own confidence because I had no ability. They could wipe the street with me. The only reason I had confidence was was because I had John Rodriguez behind me Mm. and all of his friends who were in another gang. And they were bigger. And these these guys were looking at the individuals I was talking to and... I had the confidence of sta- that I had that they had my back because I had that amount of strength behind me. My puniness, that my just absolute weakling state, was okay, and I didn't have one finger didn't touch me. I didn't get socked. I should have been socked. I was saying terrible things, um, but I wasn't touched because there was a power behind me that was stronger than the power within me, mm-hmm. and that gives us resiliency when we know that God is in fact boundless and infinite. 
we are far more easy to go through horrible things in life and say, you know what? I hate this. This is not good. I'm not going to paint it as pretty. It's bad, but it's not the end of the story. It's not. Uh, in fact, the end of the story is an infinite good that God is, has coming my way because of Christ. And so, and that's important. Like whoever's listening to this, you, you've got stuff that you may not have even shared with some of your closest friends and things that maybe um, if you have a spouse, you've shared with, with, with him or, or maybe something that it's issues with, with your spouse. And you're just feeling like, I feel like this is never going to change. And I feel locked into just this very frustrating and demoralizing reality, whatever that's coming from. And one of the amazing things we have when connected to God's attribute of his infinite quality is a profound resiliency. It's, mm-hmm. That's something that's huge. Um, and then secondly, the, a profound perspective. Um, if God is infinite and because of Christ, I'm in him, then I'm able to have uh, peace that this God who has no beginning and has no end is actually um, someone who's able to carry me, uh, carry me through certain struggles that I'm currently having, not just outside conditions, but struggles within. Um, I struggle with uh, panic attacks and anxiety from time to time. And sometimes it's just awful, like terrible, awful. Like I'm thinking I need to find a, a job where I'm not going to talk in front of anyone. I need to find, I just want to go into a hole and stay there forever. Cause I'm, this is just, uh, I'm incapable to do things that other people find no problem doing. And I hate that. I wish I could deprogram that for my brain, but I haven't been able to. Um, and I've asked God to take it away and God hasn't. It just basically resurfaces every so often in a really messed up way. But one of the things that I've found as I've gotten older, just an older individual and subsequently older in my faith is that I've got this deepening perspective. You know what? God has been faithful to me. He has carried me through. And that doesn't mean that God has allowed all the right good things to happen to me. There's been things that have happened in my life and the people close to me that have not been good. And yet I've seen God's boundlessness and the fact that he's still carrying me through. His faithfulness is something that gives me the type of perspective that says, this is not the end. I'm, we're going to be able to get through this. And again, that kind of goes along with the resiliency, but just that perspective, that outlook, not that, hey, everything's good. God's going to turn this into good. I just got mm-hmm. a good feeling about it. But just mm-hmm. the, this better perspective than that, like God is good. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Mm-hmm. That's not the end of the story. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, this is bad, but God is good. And I think that's super relatable to a lot of people listening Mm -hmm. out there. I know when I was reading through your notes, I can totally relate. Like that stood out to me because Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I've been in like terrible situations and like struggled with like helping, you know, loved ones with Mm -hmm. anxiety as well as myself. And knowing that in those moments, I still can look back and find the peace that I had because I knew God never leaves me and he's always with me. And yeah, I struggled and it wasn't easy, but Mm -hmm. to me, like that is what stood out to me in this, in your notes and Mm -hmm. when we were, when you're talking. So I think it's super relatable and a really important message. And I really love that. If God's infinite and I know that I'm not, then I could be honest about the garbage Mm -hmm. and and the broken parts. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I don't have arthritis. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to move fairly freely, but the part, the broken part of me is my brain. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a broken brain. And so my brain misfires and thinks things are crazy, terrible when they're not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that weird mental illness thing mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah. And so a lot of people for a long time, even I think even especially Christians thought the best thing we could do is to deny that mm-hmm. because it seemed like in den- if I embrace the fact that I'm struggling with mental illness or anxiety mm-hmm. or panic attacks, mm-hmm. 
I'm somehow saying I haven't fully surrendered my life or my mind to God, that I'm supposed to allow him to take every heart, you know, thought mm-hmm. captive. And I can't do that because my brain is just reeling out of control. Mm-hmm. But the attribute of God's infinite, in, infinite quality reminds me I'm finite. He's not. I am. And I can openly embrace, yep, this is going to be a struggle. This probably is a lifer. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to be like 75 years old <laughs> having stupid panic attacks. And that's a, that's just a thing. And so until my last breath, I'm going to be wrestling with my my finitude, my, my finiteness. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I've got faith in the one true God and he's infinite, mm-hmm. I get that inheritance. He's going to mm-hmm. give that to me. Mm-hmm. And he's promised me that, that this is not the end of the story. And so that's 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 a, an amazing perspective that we're able to have. Yeah. Um, so profound resiliency, profound perspective, and profound understanding. Um, one of the things that's so awesome about growing in your faith is asking new questions about the Bible or new questions about faith. But sometimes you get to questions that you're like, ooh, I don't know if I can answer this. Like, did God choose me or did I choose God? Um, is God completely in control or is God allowing things to be chosen along the way? Is this a choose your own adventure? And God's like, oh, well, look at that. And so, I mean, what is it? And so you see people on both sides of these arguments uh, pointing to Bible verses and seemingly contradicting each other. And one of the things I've learned about the Bible is if there seems to be a contradiction in the Bible, the problem isn't with the Bible, it's it's with me. Um, I'm having a difficult time processing something that um, is written there because, again, just back to did God choose me or did I choose God? We see in the same books of the Bible, both present by the same author who seemingly is not having an issue with that seeming contradiction, and neither are the people who are, are reading it. And so one of the things that's awesome about God's infinitude, his, his lack of being finite, his boundlessness, is that as opposed to me who has a timeline where I have a beginning when I was born in Southern California and an end when I fall off a mountain, whatever, you know, whatever that is, <laughs> whatever that timeline is, um, I, I know a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. Everything in my world has a beginning and an end. Everything I purchase has a beginning and an end. We get really excited when we find something that's like 500 years old, but even that is going mm-hmm. to have an end. Everything mm-hmm. has a beginning and an end. And so one of the cool things that I realized is that I have this linear life where I can see things like a timeline and that's not how God is. And so God has the ability to be above and beyond time in a way that when I come to some of those seemingly conflicts in scripture or contradictions, I can say, wait, that would be a contradiction if I was pulling that off. I, I can't choose something and allow something to choose itself. That, that doesn't happen. But but God can. And so it, it frees me up to have even more, um, I think, appreciation for the mystery within scripture without freaking out when I can't put it all together, <laughs> you know? So resiliency, perspective, understanding, and finally, a profound purpose. Um, Paul puts, he says it this way in Ephesians 3, and just listen to his words as he's talking about both our, our finiteness, our, our, the fact that we aren't all that, but how God is. He's boundless and he's perfect. And because of that, we have, we have something that we're supposed to do. Because God is infinite and we're finite, we actually have a purpose. And it's more than just being stoked about the fact that he's infinite. It's, it's we actually step into something. Paul said, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for all ages past was kept hidden in God 
who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, through faith in him, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And so Paul seems to be saying there that God is boundless, his wisdom is boundless, his hope is boundless, his love is boundless. There's not a single person that's beyond God's reach. And so as finite human beings, the best thing we could do is to get on that train, get on board with him and start to follow his lead to bring this hope to them that even if there's people in our world that we could never imagine giving their heart completely to the work of Christ, he is infinite and he has infinite power to reach even them. And so the best thing we could do is to connect with that message both in our life and then connecting it with other people as well. I love that. And I love like thinking about like how you kind of opened us up with realizing like faith is a is an important component in all of this and in what we're choosing to believe in. That step onto that train is mm-hmm. a step of faith and in believing um, that God is infinite and boundless. And then I just love hearing um, testimonies of people's lives mm-hmm. who have stepped into that. Yeah. And then like hearing how that actually like flushes out in life. And when you when you hear these these stories and testimonies, it's like you can't you can just feel God's fingerprints all mm-hmm. over it, you know, because it's like, it, who would have thought that that's how it would have turned out or, you know, in the most beautiful ways. And that's just what we get a glimpse of because mm-hmm. there's so much that God's working that we don't even know. Yeah. yeah. I think um, so part of that too is, is our expectation. Mm-hmm. Because we're mm-hmm. finite and we know everything has a beginning and an end, we, we, we're very scientific in that things are predictable. <sighs> so predictable. <laughs> this, he's always like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so predictable. She always says stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We do that. We, mm-hmm. we judge people and we put them in boxes of, There's no growth. You're never going to get out of this. You're always going to be the same Mm -hmm. because we're finite. We know beginning and end. And that's where God steps in and says, not on my watch. And Mm -hmm. he gives us amazing hope by blowing Mm -hmm. the bounds off of our expectations because he's boundless. Mm -hmm. And he reaches people and causes transformation in people. We would have never given that chance to, Yeah, which is cool. It's so fun to see too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming and for— just helping us break down these kind of huge, huge ideas about God being infinite and and everything and helping us kind of see how that applies to our lives a little bit more. So thanks, thanks for having me on. It's super encouraging. Um, before you go, we do have our favorites questions, which right. we love to ask. And as we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, we can't, you know, can't stop thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so ours is a, is a Christmas theme question. What is your favorite Christmas character? Okay. And that, that is an easy, easy one for me. Well, first off, and you know this, I'm a Christmas freak. I love it. Um, I annoy people who are sane, people who start thinking about Christmas like after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about Christmas after the 4th of July um, and thinking about it up until July 3rd. And so that's, that's kind of my perspective. I love it. But my favorite Christmas character is George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. My favorite movie, but my, he's my favorite character because um, especially one particular scene, there's a scene where, and his whole life, he's wanted to get out of the town. His whole life, he's had these adventurous ideas. And first off, it was his father's death. And then it was his brother wanting to go to college. He's constantly laying aside his dreams for others. And it's starting to, and, and over time, it just frustrates him because mm-hmm. he's, he really wants to live his life. But there's one scene 
where the camera stays on his face when he finds out that his brother just got married and is offered a job outside of town, taking him away from the work that um, the family uh, had, that George would finally have been liberated and released. And there's and they stay, the, the camera stays on George Bailey's face as he's pondering, what should I do? And you hear the conversation of the family celebrating this new bride and everything else off, off camera, off scene, but it just stays on George Bailey's face. And I love that scene because in my mind, that's kind of what, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit starts to work on our heart to say, you need to take a step of selflessness here mm-hmm. and stopping self-absorbed. And so just that whole movie, the great, huge arc of his character and storyline is just awesome. So George Bailey is my favorite Christmas character. Very cool. Very good. Outside, How about you? outside of the baby Jesus. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no talk about that one. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Katie, do you have. Um, well, mine's not as deep as that. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, mine went that, a different route. <laughs> I mean, mine's Benedict Cumberbatch, the Grinch. So, oh, nice. yeah. I liked his take on, on the Grinch. I'm not a huge Jim carry Grinch fans. Sorry. He's just, he's a little rough. So I I like how Bennett, he kind of like recreated him and made him super Mm -hmm. lovable. My kids love that movie too. And Elf. Oh yeah, <laughs> so good. That's the one. That's my. That's the first one. That I know. I just didn't mind. want to take it from you. Oh, I, I know. We had to share. Uh, Katie yeah. and I always have the same. Answer. We always have the same answers. So is that, was that your it. answer, Elf? That was my answer. Yeah. I I also love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um. I my husband is the angry pilgrim. Have you heard of these people who yes. are like, how dare you They're bring like the Christmas lights the out Christmas before lights. the turkey is <laughs> digested? I've never heard that term. Oh, that's yeah. a thing. Oh, yeah, it is. I think it's a thing. They like take people's Christmas lights down <laughs> if they're on before Christmas. Before Christmas. That's vandalism. Or before Thanksgiving, right? Like you gotta you gotta celebrate. Okay, but here's the Thanksgiving thing. In, first. in this state, it gets frozen. Yeah. And I mean you could really you put them up. serious damage if you don't get that up there when you can. So October is not bad. I mean, whether you illuminate them or not. That's up to you, but October is a great time to get Christmas lights. Ryan should know Absolutely. that he's a fireman. Oh, he totally does. He, but if I switch it up? on, switch <laughs> 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 them on before <laughs> the turkey has been eaten. He's he's getting a little Last bit more. <laughs> he's getting a little more flexible, uh, you know, as he's had to live with me for a long time. But, um, but I love Buddy the Elf and um, mm-hmm. just the pure joy yeah. and everything. I I've been telling Elon. Um, my she's my third. She's mm-hmm. six, and she is like that. Whatever she loves, she loves so Aww. much. And she also has the same affinity for sugar. So, <laughs> she, like when I saw, <laughs> I saw it. I think last year, I saw it again with fresh eyes because you know Elon has come mm-hmm. into her own a bit more. I'm like, oh my word, that breakfast that he eats. I'm <laughs> like, I'm pretty syrup. sure Elon so would gross. make that breakfast. <laughs> Chugging like a two liter of Coke. <laughs> yes. no Did you hear that? <laughs> she's the person where I'm like, I give her a plate of something, I'm like, just try this. And she's like, well, does it have sugar in it? <laughs> and if I say yes, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll try this it. This is America. Everything has sugar. <laughs> yeah, in it. so true. But yeah, that's just um, one of the one of the many lovable Christmas. Oh man, characters. I love them, man. Seriously, yeah. All the Christmas movies, they it's neat. Yeah. yeah. Because fun. and here's the thing. Here's the secret. Christmas movies are trademark um, redemption stories Mm -hmm. because there's always this reconciliation between broken family members or between Mm -hmm. hopes and dreams or finding generosity and um, there's something built into human DNA that wants to see 
what's broken apart come back together. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of cool. That's true with every movie too, yeah, right? It is. Like you <laughs> always want to see the happy ending. And then the movies where there aren't a happy ending, you're like, that was terrible. It's a horrible <laughs> movie. <laughs> a horrible story. Maybe that's just us, Katie. Oh, it might be. It might be. Yes, I love those stories. With <laughs> the depressing ending. I want to walk out of the movie theater weeping and yeah. hopeless. No, thanks. That was so dark. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We are so thankful that Pastor Arrow was able to join us today. Just thinking about God's limitlessness and infinite nature causes our hearts to praise Him more. We'd love to just close with um, just a few verses here from Isaiah. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand, or with the breath of His hand marked out the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and whom taught him to the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding?